Welcome to Crushing Kayfabe. My name is Jason Garish. It's a special edition of Crushing Kayfabe because we had a special request from a fan to uh, go over and review the um, Royal Rumble at Albert Hall back in, I believe it was in October 3rd, 1991. This was kind of an interesting request. I wasn't sure um, <clears throat> why they had selected this particular um, pay-per-view, but... Uh, <clears throat> this is uh, kind of one of the things that uh, my original co-host, Matt, and myself kind of wanted to do, kind of go over older pay-per-views and uh, do some interesting things, kind of go back in the archives. And uh, the intention of the show is never to be like a recap show or a traditional uh, wrestling podcast. So uh, so this is this kind of fits into that normal, um, I shouldn't say normal, but the original, uh, original scheme we kind of had, the original plan. Um, my eyes are looking all over different places. I apologize. I'm using a different camera and a different set for this particular um, this particular recording. So, uh, so if it looks like I'm off in the distance or looking at something, I apologize. Plus, I've got notes down here, which uh, which I'm using too. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was uh, originally recorded and uh, I should say broadcast on Sky in the UK. Uh, Five thousand were in attendance. Um, one of the interesting things about this, I don't think this pay-per-view ever aired on, um, on TV in America. I, I think this was, wasn't until much later, uh, that it actually came out on video. And then much later than that actually came out on the, uh, WWE network. So, uh, this was probably not intended to be canon within the WWE universe, I would think. So, uh. <clears throat> kind of interesting. It was probably originally done, I would assume, to expand their market in the UK and do a pay-per-view that was specifically aimed at that, that audience. So uh, so that's my guess, my theory. Because, like I said, this wasn't a normal uh, pay-per-view event that was broadcast in the US. So uh, <clears throat> that's kind of, kind of interesting. I wonder if that's why this particular individual selected this one. But... Uh, Let's see, it was had a message presented in most complete form due to technical issues. I wonder um <clears throat> I wonder if any of the footage was lost. I don't know. You know, obviously I didn't see the original broadcast and since I live in the United States I wouldn't have been able to see the original broadcast. So um it was kind of kind of interesting. It was weird seeing uh wrestling in Albert Hall, such a prestigious place um in the UK. So it was kind of kind of odd seeing that in such a uh such a format, such a venue, but it, it was cool. Like I said, 5,000 fans, they were all pretty good. It was, it was nice to hear uh, Gorilla Monsoon announce again. Um, it was pretty decent quality. It was a good restoration of the video that I watched. It. I watched it on the Peacock Network, of course. Um, um, like I said, not bad quality. It was uh, presented in 4-3 aspect ratio, if I remember correctly, um, which uh, makes sense because that's what... It would have been in standard "quote unquote" format for the time. Um, you know, a corny but great interaction between uh, Bobby Heenan, Girl Monsoon. Um, you know, classic there. Um, I forgot how little play-by-play uh, -play -play Gorilla did. It was it was a lot of color commentary from Bobby Heenan and a spattering of uh, of play-by-play -play within the uh, <clears throat> within the match by Gorilla. You know, um, 
very sharp contrast to today's modern commentary system. You know, I'm used to hearing AEW where, um, where like Excalibur is such an amazing play-by-play uh, guy, at least in my opinion. You know, he, he details the match very well. So even if you were listening without the visual, you could actually tell what's going on. That's not the case in these older matches with uh, the likes of like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heen. And Bobby Heenan obviously playing up the heel role to the maximum in this. Um, they started out with the Nasty Boys versus the um, the Rockers. Uh, that was quite a blast from the past. Um, I'm not a big Nasty Boys fan, but um, the Rockers got a great pop. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, definitely throughout this entire pay-per-view, could have used a lot less Jimmy Hart. That got annoying after a while with him on the uh, megaphone. It's supposed to be annoying, obviously, because he is a heel, but his stable dominated the booking throughout this entire uh, pay-per-view. So I had to listen to to uh, Jimmy Hart's mouth throughout the entire thing, which um, <clears throat> I could have done without. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it was a good contrast between the two styles of, of the Rockers and the, uh, and the Nasty Boys, because the Nasty Boys are just brawlers and the the uh, Rockers obviously high flying style with with uh with uh Shawn Michaels and uh wow I just brain just stopped working right there but uh, <clears throat> but uh it was uh it was uh it was an interesting contrast you know you could obviously tell who the heel was throughout the entire match um a lot of storytelling going on you know a lot of storytelling um which uh some people could probably learn a lot from this uh not a whole lot of actual wrestling but there were some high you know obvious high spots because of the uh the rockers and whatnot um let's see uh i was just thinking to myself uh some of the newer teams could really learn from this um it was kind of bad when the ref couldn't tell the difference between uh marty Gennetti and uh sean michaels that was a little bit of a Required a whole lot of suspension of disbelief, which I didn't have at the time. So, but uh, but still, it was a uh, you know, Janae got the hot tag, and uh, but eventually, um, the Nasty Boys, uh, with the help of uh, Hart's megaphone, won the match. So you had a, a lot of heels winning throughout this. Um, you know, we then we had Mean Gene uh, interview Ric Flair. Um, Ric Flair wearing the NWA belt. That was interesting. They never used, you never heard NWA mentioned, but it was the quote unquote real championship, which he was calling himself the real champion at the time, which was a great gimmick, but, uh, which kind of interesting because the, uh, Hogan was the champion at the time and he did not make the trip to, uh, to England. He was shooting a movie or something. So they, uh, they had Ric Flair show up with the NWA belt, but he had been using that gimmick in the States for, for a long time there, <clears throat> which was, uh, was interesting. It was kind of a rambling promo. Wow. I don't know if I, maybe it's because I didn't see obviously proceeding events leading up to this, but Ric Flair, not, um, not very coherent, you know, and there's our second match was this leading into our second match, which was Tito Santana versus Ric Flair. You know, the the green robe, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I'm sure I have. I, I've watched a lot of Ric Flair matches. I just don't remember it. But without the fringe and everything, it looked almost stripped down. I, I You could tell it was, you know, obviously a fancy robe. But uh, 
but it was a little different for uh, for Flair. I, I never saw him. I shouldn't say I never saw him wear that that robe, but I don't recall seeing him uh, wear that robe. I forgot that Tito was a pretty good striker. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, it was interesting uh, to note that you know Santana was always a mid carter during his run, and to see um, Flair go up against a, a mid carter, I don't know if that was just kind of. Vince's way of ribbing the NWA and uh, NWA wrestlers kind of thing. But uh, they had a habit of doing at that time. They would take anybody who was a champion in other promotions like that when they brought them in, just uh, completely kind of either job them out or mid-card them to make the homegrown talent look a lot better. But then again, there really wasn't any homegrown talent, if you think about it, because even... Um, <clears throat> Even Hogan came from uh, Vergania's uh, um, promotion, so there. Who was really homegrown WWE, if you think about it? But they they definitely showed definite favoritism um, against a lot of the uh, the champions from other other promotions. I mean, uh, I mean Terry Taylor for crying out loud, they jobbed him out pretty much. But uh, <clears throat> you know. Um, Flair gets the pin with a roll-up and a grab of the tights. Um, next, we had a, a good promo from the big boss man, uh, corny, corny promo, then a corny promo from Jimmy Hart. Um, I like the big boss man. I, I forgot how much I enjoyed his. Uh, this was really wild in the sense that it was very nostalgic for me. There's a lot of the guys that I grew up watching, especially big boss man. Really, really good promo for me. I enjoyed that. Um, Ah, so it was big. The next match then was was Big Boss Man versus Hurricane. Um, a little cartoonish, but it was fun. It was a fun match. You know, you can't really expect a whole lot of technical wrestling from from Hurricane, the guy that huge. You know, it's a little long. Could have been a little bit shorter. I mean, not Hurricane. Did I say Hurricane? I'm sorry. Is a Hurricane Earthquake right? Wins after the. Um, after uh, interference from from the Mountie, the Mountie comes out and interferes. <clears throat> but next we had uh, a Kerry Von Eric promo, then a, a promo from the Mountie. Um, um Kerry was kind of hard to watch. Um, you know, it's weird. You could almost see a sadness in him that I noticed during the promo and during this whole thing. Um, it wasn't very long after this that he actually took his own life. And uh, he had made comments before that wanting to be with his brothers. And uh, and you could almost tell a certain sadness in him. It still blows me away, though, how incredibly mobile this guy was with, um, you know, missing a, a foot and everything. And having a prosthetic in its place, he was still remarkably athletic and remarkably mobile, which was really incredible. Um, lots of time wasted outside the ring in this. Uh, a lot of rest holds. Not a very interesting match. Um, you know, like I say, um, it was almost sad to watch in some ways because knowing what ended up happening to Kerry, um, he... Um, <clears throat> Like I say, he, he looked like he was suffering the, from depression at the time. I, although, obviously, as a fan at the time, I had no idea what was going on. But um, <clears throat> Kerry wins by DQ. Um, let's see. They had a spot with The Undertaker and Paul Bear. Um, 
Let's see Paul Bear again, you know. Taker's music played on the organ at Royal Albert. That that was pretty awesome. I I thought that was great. That was cool. Um <clears throat> so then we were treated to a, a hacksaw Jim Duggan match versus a taker. Um he was uh, Duggan was eventually DQ'd because he used the two by four that you know, not really much for clean wins from uh, for the uh for the good guys in this, the the baby faces. Um <clears throat> you know, um Taker's still awesome to watch. Not you know, not much of Matt. Even it was weird, you'd still hear even in uh the UK you you were still hearing uh, USA chance for Jim Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which was kinda weird, but um <clears throat> but that was cool. Um great promo from Roddy Piper after this. Really great promo. I, I miss hearing Roddy Piper. Man, um and they had a promo with Typhoon, um promo with Power and Glory, um <clears throat> and a promo with Legion of Doom, uh which was anyone knows me, Legion of Doom slash the Road Warriors, I prefer Road Warriors, but uh are are my favorite tag team of all time. And uh man, watching this I remembered why. I, I forgot just how quick and powerful and agile these guys were. Um Hawk and Animal were animal just that animals. They're beasts, you know, um you know, um I didn't even write down who won this. I'm guessing I if my server memory I watched this when I was sick about a week ago and I, I'm gonna say L O D one but but geez, uh, that should just impressed me so much. I forgot how amazing those guys were, um, how scary they were, how frightening. Um, we have a promo with British Bulldog. You know, obviously they're they're um, playing up to the UK fans, uh, which makes complete sense. Um, after this, though, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes comes out to announce the uh, the Barbarian versus uh, British Bulldog. Um. British Bulldog wins. Uh, surprisingly, a pretty entertaining match. Um, you know, Bulldog obviously got a huge, huge pop, you know, and they're playing up to the, the British fans, which makes complete sense. Uh, we were, then we're, we had a Nasty Boys promo. Uh, like I said, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes joins commentary. Um, the next thing was the, the Battle Royale itself. Um, which basically had every, every single, every entrance was every individual that had a match, um, plus Piper and, uh, Typhoon, you know, and, uh, the Hercules was the first one eliminated, then Tornado, uh, down to, eventually came down to, uh, Typhoon and, uh, Mountie versus Davy Boy, um, British Bulldog won. Um, <clears throat> you know, once again, obviously playing up the crowd. Makes sense. This, this whole entire pay-per-view, you could kind of tell, was geared towards uh, expanding their 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 reach into the UK and expanding their audience size into the UK. But uh, unless they enhance the audio, audio, it sounded like they got a, a great pop and just... Uh, and, out of five thousand fans, five thousand fans not a ton. So, uh, so but the, it sounded good. It sounded like they got a great pop out of the deal. Um, you know they're obviously placating the crowd with that win. But uh, uh, Typhoon Earth, 
earthquake went to uh will basically beat down uh british bulldog after this and uh surprise andre giant comes out with the save um makes his makes his way out of there i think he was he had a cane if i'm not mistaken not um but uh really um one of andre's last public appearances in this really um in some ways kind of sad to watch because his mobility was horrible at the time i mean it was good to see you know obviously they're like once again like they said they're placating the crowd it was a um it was a uh what's the word they use it was it was you know it, it was enhancement it was an attraction i should say <clears throat> it's the word to get thrown around a lot um but that's exactly what it was you know came down for the save he he had a you know crowd favorite andre come come through like i said as saving you know the british quote-unquote uh a local boy if you can call him that um you know to please the fans and um you know sent the fans home on a happy note which was pretty cool um all in all it was interesting uh it was fun to i haven't watched uh you know, 1991, what was that? Jeez, uh, was that, that's hard to believe. Was that 31 years ago? Holy cow. Um, <clears throat> radically different styles in wrestling from current day, but it was, uh, but it was fun to watch. It brought me back to my childhood a lot. I'm really glad this individual, uh, um, suggested that I watch it, which, uh, I'm very happy, we're very happy to do. Um, I think the runtime was close to three hours, if I'm not mistaken, which was typical for a uh, pay-per-view back then, you know, before they, before we had three hour Raws and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> it was fun seeing, uh, you know, Undertaker move the way he moves in the, back in 91. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of scary to say that. Um, but it, it was fun to watch. Um, like I said, it took me down memory lane for a lot of things. I grew up watching a lot of these guys wrestle. You know, watched them Saturday mornings with my mom, so so it was fun to watch a lot of these guys. Um, some of the style, you know, you go back to like I was saying with the Kerry Von Erich um, match, man, a lot of rest holds, a lot of stuff, stuff that wouldn't fly in today's in today's day and age. You'd get a lot of boring chance if you tried to do a similar match to that in this day and age. So, uh, so that's something you couldn't pull off. So. But it was fun to watch some of the storytelling ideas, like like I said, the the Nasty Boys voice versus the uh, Rockers had some really great storytelling in it. You know, really great heel versus uh, babyface interaction there, which uh, a lot of teams now could probably learn a lot from. And it wasn't an overly um, long match; it wasn't necessarily a spot fest either. But the contrasting styles really played well against each other. Um, other than that, a lot of stuff, like I said, I, lo I loved seeing. Uh, road warriors again i love seeing that that was awesome um a lot of really cool uh, nostalgia loved seeing uh roddy piper's uh promo man that guy could cut a promo and he was awesome not you know nothing spectacular ring but he gets you interested in the match and really um really makes stuff seem spe seem uh special and interesting i really enjoyed that um like i said some of the styles i'm glad that we progressed the from in <laughs> 30 years but uh but some of the stuff that some people nowadays could really learn from and 
and learn some storytelling um, techniques from. You don't have to to be a spot fest. Everything doesn't have to be a spot fest. I mean, the Rockers came out, and I look at them, and and um, you know they're an obvious you know rip off of the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Shawn Michaels even talks about it in his book how he used to. Um, used to ride with them and they were mentors of his back in I, I can't remember if it was Memphis or wherever they were wrestling at the time, you know. But um <clears throat> you know, Ricky Ricky uh, Morton was a was a great mentor of his uh, early on and you can tell, you know, because they were kind of I got fly buzz around here. I'm sorry and it's annoying the heck out of me. I'm just trying to catch him. But um you can kind of tell that they learned a ton from the Rock and Roll Express, you know, and they were kind of in some ways, you know, um, WWE's answer to them and WWE's kind of wish version of them kind of thing. They're a prettier version of Rock and Roll Express. Obviously, Shawn Michaels went on to have a tremendous career and uh, Mari Gennetti not so much. And, you know, once he um, was dumped on the team and, and it's funny because he was initially the star that they wanted to bring on. Eventually, he was going to be the breakaway star from the from the rockers and uh and Sean Michaels was was the uh the talent that they uh you know he was the add on kind of he was the plus one they really wanted Janetti which uh man did that turn you know as uh Sean Michaels proved himself and Janetti has become incoherent <laughs> pretty much nowadays but uh But a very fun trip down memory lane, like I said. I'm very glad that this individual suggested this particular um particular uh, pay per view. Really interesting watch, really interesting um contrasting the styles from today to uh to now and uh you know, it gave me a good really good perspective on where we are today as far as a lot of things. So so it was really cool to see go back and uh, and kind of examine history again. Um, so I'm like I said, I'm glad I got the opportunity to watch that. That that's pretty cool. I might be going back and watching more of the older um older uh, pay per views like this. Um, unfortunately, Peacock it, when compared to the uh, the way the WWE network was set up it, is pales in comparison. There was a lot more contact, and it was much easier to search through. So I've tried to find old matches from, like, say, the Rockers and whatnot, and it's very difficult to find within Peacock the way they have things structured. It's actually horrible. <clears throat> but, but hey, like I said, I'm, I, I'm glad to have taken the trip back. I really enjoyed it, and, I'm, I'm, and thank you for suggesting it. But, uh, but let's end the show now and uh, say once again, you know, check us out. Uh, check out then now in downtown Trenton, Tennessee, and uh, and check. Uh, you can purchase some of my uh, stuff. You can purchase my CDs there. You can purchase uh, some handmade goods from my wife. Uh, and check her uh, "Hooked by Jalen" out. Um, and uh, check out uh, Trenton uh, Tabletop and uh, in Arcade. And check them out once again, also downtown Trenton. And uh, thank you for uh, supporting us. Uh, if you really want to support the show, go to Patreon. Become a patron of the show for just $1 a month. Help keep the lights on and and help us out immensely. Uh, just for $1 a month, you can get the show ad-free for uh, 
for uh, just one dollar. So check us out there. Check us out on crushingkfabe.com, crushingkfabe with a K. And, uh, and you know, other than that, thank you so much for, for tuning in, enjoying the show, and, uh, and God bless. <laughs>